Hello, and welcome to another episode of Nostalgic Mystery Radio. I'm your host, Stevie Kay, and it's my honor to bring you the radio shows of yesteryear. For this episode, I bring you Agatha Christie's Miss Marple, episode titled A Caribbean Mystery, where Miss Marple is drawn into a case of intrigue and black magic when a major who bragged of owning a photo of a murderer dies under mysterious circumstances. This will be a five-part series, so sit back and relax, and I hope you enjoy this Nostalgic Mystery Radio. Thank you for listening. After the murders of Major Paul Grave and Victoria Johnson, many of the guests at the Golden Palm Hotel were trying to book flights out of Saint-Honoré. Poor Molly Kendall, haunted by imagined terrors, tried to take her own life with sleeping pills. She was slowly recovering, but I couldn't help wondering whether her attempted suicide was somehow linked to the other deaths. And was Major Palgrave's picture of a murderer a photograph of a man or a woman? We present June Whitfield as Miss Marple in Agatha Christie's A Caribbean Mystery. You're sure you don't mind sitting with Molly for a couple of hours, Miss Marple? She's still a bit groggy, and Dr. Graham thinks that she shouldn't be left alone for long. I am only too pleased to be able to help, Mrs. Hillingdon. At my age, you know, one feels very useless in the world. I'd be very happy to sit with Molly. You go off on your expedition with the others... Uh, is anyone with her at the moment? Tim is, but he's got things to do at the hotel. Even so, he won't leave her by herself. Oh, he's quite right. I wouldn't in his place. One never knows, does one? When somebody has attempted something of that kind... <laughs> but you go along, my dear. If only you could tell me why you did it, Molly. There must be some reason. Was it something to do with me? No, it was nothing to do with you, Tim. I don't know why I did it. I only wish I did. Mr. Kendall? Oh, do come in, Miss Marple. It's very good of you. Not at all. I am only too happy to have the opportunity to be able to help. I'm glad to see you're looking so much better, Molly. Yes, I'm all right now. Just a little bit sleepy, that's all. Oh, don't worry. I shan't talk. You just lie quietly. I'll sit down here. And get on with my knitting. I'll leave you then. Thank you again, Miss Marple. If you don't mind, Miss Marple, I think I'll go back to sleep now. She closed her eyes, and her breathing grew more regular. After a while, I went over to tuck in her sheet. And as I did so, I felt something under the mattress... It was a book, a book on nervous diseases, and it fell open on a description of the onset of persecution mania. I put it back where I'd found it. As I turned away, I caught sight of Molly out of the corner of my eye, and I had the distinct impression that her eyes were open. But when I looked at her again, she seemed to be sleeping. And then... I heard the faint sound of shoes on the loggia outside. I thought I had better investigate. 
I'm just going back to my bungalow for a moment, Molly, my dear. I don't seem to have the right knitting pattern. You will be all right till I come back, won't you? But she was sound asleep, or was pretending to be. I went along the loggia and then slipped into a small room at the back, which Tim used as his office. From there, I had a good view of anyone who approached Molly's bedroom. After a few minutes, I saw Jackson, Mr. Raphael's valet, in his neat white uniform going into the house, where he made straight for the bathroom. Uh, Miss Marple, I didn't... I was wondering where you'd got to. What are you doing in here, Mr. Jackson? Actually, I'm just looking at Mrs. Kendall's brand of face cream. Hmm, nice smell. Fairly good stuff as these preparations go. The cheaper brands don't suit every kind of skin. Bring it out in a rash, as likely as not. You seem to be very knowledgeable on the subject. I worked in the pharmaceutical line for a while. You still haven't told me what you're doing here. Matter of fact, Mrs. Walters lent her lipstick to Mrs. Kendall the other day. I came in to get it back for her. I see. I tapped on the window and then I saw that Mrs. Kendall was fast asleep. So I thought it would be all right if I just walked into the bathroom and looked for it. And did you find it? No, I didn't. Probably in one of her handbags. She doesn't have very much in the makeup line, does she? Still, I suppose at her age she doesn't need it. Good natural skin. You must look at women with quite a different eye from ordinary men. Yes. I suppose various jobs do alter one's angle. Do you know a great deal about drugs? Oh, yes. Good working acquaintance with them. If you ask me, there are too many that you can get hold of too easily. Too many tranquilizers and pet pills and miracle drugs and all the rest of it. Some of them can be dangerous. Yes, I suppose they can. They can have a great effect on behaviour. Look at what they do to some of the kids who take them nowadays. Not that there's anything new about it. Take witches, for instance. Witches? Did they take drugs? After a fashion. They rubbed themselves with an ointment, you know. Anointing, they called it. Some of their preparations, belladonna, atropine, that sort of thing, if you rub them into the skin, they'll give you hallucinations of levitation, of flying through the air. People were highly credulous. Oh, you'd be amazed at some of the things they got up to. In India, for example, in the bad old days, a young woman who was married to an old husband and didn't care for him much could keep him under drugs, make him imbecile, give him hallucinations, drive him more or less off his head. Where did you get these stories from? Was it Major Polgrave? Yes, it was, as a matter of fact. He told me a lot of tales like that. Of course, most of it must have been before his time, but he seemed to know all about it. Major Polgrave was under the impression that he knew a lot about everything. He was often inaccurate in what he told people. Major Polgrave has a lot to answer for. What was that? Someone's come into Mrs. Kendall's bedroom. Mrs. Dyson? <gasps> oh, I, I didn't know you were here, Miss Marple. I just stepped into the bathroom for a moment. I was wondering if you'd like me to sit with Molly for a bit. She's asleep, isn't she? Yes, I think so. But I'm really quite happy here. You go and amuse yourself, my dear. I thought you'd gone off with the others. I was going, but I had such a filthy headache that at the last moment I called off. So I thought I might as well make myself useful. That was very kind of you, but as you see, I am quite all right. Very well. I'll be on my way then. I walked a little way with her, partly out of curiosity to see where she would go next. 
but she went back to her own bungalow. When I returned to Molly's room, Jackson had gone. I went into the bathroom and picked up the jar of face cream he'd been looking at. I thought it might be important. The great difficulty was deciding what to do next. Someone else was going to be killed, I was sure of that, and I felt that I should know who that someone was. I knew I was being stupid. The truth was there to see. If only I could clear away the litter. Pardon me for them. Oh, oh. I didn't notice you coming, Mr. Raphael. Good evening, Mrs. Walters. Good evening. I distinctly saw your lips moving, Miss Marple. What's become of all this urgency you were going on about? It is still urgent, only I just cannot see what ought to be perfectly plain. Sorry, Mr. Raphael, I was in Mr. Kendall's office. You're never about what I want you. I was having to rely on poor Esther to get myself about. Shall I take you down to the terrace, sir? You can take me to the bar. And Esther, you can go and change into your evening togs. Meet me uh, on the terrace in half an hour. Mr. Raphael may look a very lightweight. My arm feels quite numb. It's the way he holds on to you. I haven't seen you about today, Miss Marple. No, I have been sitting with Molly Kendall. She really seems much better now. If you ask me, there was never anything wrong with her. You mean that you think her suicide attempt was... I don't think there was any suicide attempt. I don't believe for a moment she took a real overdose. Now, you do interest me very much. I wonder why you say that. Because I'm almost certain that's the case. It's a way of calling attention to oneself. You'll be sorry when I'm dead. That sort of thing. <laughs> Though I don't think that was the motive in this particular instance. That's the sort of thing you feel like when your husband's playing you up and you're terribly fond of him. You don't think Molly Kendall is fond of her husband? Well, do you? I've more or less assumed it. Perhaps wrongly. I have heard a little about her, you know. About the whole business. From Miss Prescott? Oh, from one or two people. There's a man in the case. Someone she was keen on. Her people were dead against him. Yes, I did hear that. And then she married Tim. Perhaps she was fond of him in a way. But the other man didn't give up. I've even wondered once or twice if he didn't follow her out here. Really? But who? I've no idea who. And I should imagine they've been very careful. You think she cares for this other man? I dare say he's a bad lot, but that's very often the kind who knows how to get under a woman's skin and stay there. Have you seen or heard something? I know makes... what I'm talking about. These murders... Oh, can't you forget them? Can't you just let them be? You'll never find out any more. I'm sure of that. You think you know, don't you? I think I do. Yes. I'm fairly sure. Then oughtn't you to tell someone what you know, do something about it? Why should I? What good would it do? I couldn't prove anything. And what would happen anyway? People get let off nowadays so easily. They call it diminished responsibility and things like that. Perhaps they really can't help it. Not if they really are mentally unbalanced. Oh, by far the best thing would be if she went off with whoever it is. Then we could all forget about things. Oh, but I must go and change. Sitting here all alone, Miss Marple, and not even knitting. I have been sitting around most of the day, Doctor, mostly at Molly Kendall's bedside. One can hardly believe she's made such a good recovery so quickly. Oh, it's not so surprising. She didn't take a very heavy overdose, you know. But I understood she'd taken half a bottle of tablets. No, I don't think she took anything like that amount. I dare say she meant to take them, and then probably... 
At the last minute, she threw half of them away. Is it possible that she just wanted to make it appear that it's she... It's possible. If she and Tim had had a row, for instance? Well, they don't have rows, you know. They seem very fond of each other. But it's getting late. I must go and change for dinner. I fell asleep that night, still worrying whether, after all, Esther Walters might possibly be right. And in my dreams, I kept on seeing the Major holding up his snapshot. And what was it about the Major I had to remember? Then suddenly I was awake. What is it? What's happening? Oh, oh, something's wrong. What time is it? Two o'clock. I must find out what's going on. I can't see her. Canon Prescott, what is happening? It's Mrs. Kendall. Her husband woke up and found that her bed was empty. We're trying to find her. Here. Which direction? Over here. That's Mrs. Hillingdon. She must be down by the creek. Let me through, please. Molly! Oh, my God! Molly! She was lying in the creek, her face below the level of the water, her golden hair spread over the pale green embroidered shawl that covered her shoulders. I must save... Don't move her, Mr. Kendall. She must not be moved. But I must. It's Molly! She might... She's dead, Tim. I didn't move her, but I did feel her pulse. Do you mean that she's drowned herself? I'm afraid it rather looks like it. Why? She was so happy this morning. Why should this terrible death wish come over her again? Why couldn't she tell me anything? I don't know, my dear. Somebody had better get Dr. Graham. And the police need to be told. The police... What good will they be? The police have to be notified in a case of suicide. I'll get Graham. But perhaps even now he might be able to do something. It's too late. She's quite cold. She must have been dead at least an hour, perhaps more. I don't understand it. Those two seem so happy. I suppose she was always unbalanced. No, I don't think she was in the least unbalanced. What do you mean? And then suddenly the moon came out from behind a cloud and shone brightly on the dead girl's hair. What is it, Miss Marple? I think that we had better make sure. But you told Tim we mustn't touch anything. I know. But don't you see? Molly's hair wasn't dark at the roots. Lucky. But she's wearing Molly's shawl. She admired it. I heard her say she was going to get one like it. So that's why we thought it was... Someone will have to tell Mr. Dyson. All right. I'll do it. Yes, Colonel Hillingdon? You knew I was there? You cast a shadow in the moonlight. So, in the end, she played her luck too far. Are you glad that she's dead? Would that shock you? Yes, I'm glad. Death is often a convenient solution to problems. What exactly do you mean by that? If, if you I mean think... no more than I have said. Your wife will be back here with Mr. Dyson in a moment. Will you wait? I must go back to my bungalow. Very well, Miss Marple. I will stay here. Just as I reached my bungalow, something made me stop for a moment 
It was here that I had sat with Major Palgrave when he was about to show me the photograph. The evil eye. They said he had the evil eye, but of course his eye was... That is what I was trying to remember. Oh, 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 what, what's this? What the hell's going on? Shh, shh, wake up. You must wake up. It's, it's, it's the middle of the night. Who is it? It's me. Oh. It's me, though I should put it a little more strongly than that. The Greeks had a word for it. Nemesis, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, Nemesis. Oh, the goddess of retribution. So that's who you are, is it? I hope to be with your help. Look, do, you, do you mind telling me what the hell you think you're doing? Another body has been found. Mm. We thought at first it was Molly Kendall, but it wasn't. It was Lucky Dyson, drowned in the creek. Did she drown herself or did somebody drown her? Somebody drowned her. Do you mean Greg Dyson? Mr. Raphael, will you trust me? We have got to stop another murder being committed. I thought you said it had been committed. That murder was committed in error. The murderer may strike again at any moment now. We must go at once. But we? What can we do about it? You're about a hundred, and I can't even walk without help. I was thinking of Jackson. He will do what you tell him, won't he? Well, if I tell him that I'll, I'll make it worth his while... Then I... tell him to come with me and to obey any orders I give him. Very well. Jackson! I expect I'm taking the biggest risk of my life, but oh, what the hell? You called and rang, sir. Is there anything wrong? Miss Marple? <laughs> Jackson, I want you to go with Miss Marple. You'll go where she takes you, and you'll do exactly as she says. You'll obey every order she gives you. Is that understood? Yes, sir. You won't be the loser. I'll make it worth your while. Thank you, sir. Come along, Mr. Jackson. We'll tell Mrs. Walters to come to you, Mr. Raphael. Get her to help you out of bed and bring you along straight away. Hmm? Bring me along where? To the Kendall's bungalow. I think Molly will be coming back there. Molly, where on earth have you been? I've been searching everywhere for you. I went to the creek, but I couldn't stay there. There was someone in the water, and she was dead. I know. I thought it was you... I've only just found out that it was lucky. I didn't kill her. I'm sure I didn't. Oh. I'd remember if I had, wouldn't I? Don't start thinking like that, Molly. Lucky drowned herself. Hillingdon was through with her. Lucky wouldn't do that. But I didn't kill her. I'll get you something to calm you down. I hate this place. It ought to be all sunlight, but it isn't. Instead, there's a shadow. A big black shadow, and I'm in it. I can't. I can't get out. Drink this, Molly. It'll steady you. I can't drink anything. Yes, you can, darling. Here you are. Drink it. Take that glass from him, Jackson, and don't let go. Be careful. He's strong and may be pretty desperate. I can't, Tim. My teeth are chattering. I'll have that, Tim. Give it to me. Have you gone mad? What the hell do you think you're doing? Let go of me. Give me the glass. Hold him, Jackson. Everything going as planned, Miss Marple. What's going on? Jackson's gone stark staring mad. Tell him to let go of me. No. Time to speak up, Nemesis. We've got to have chapter and verse of some kind. I've been stupid and a fool, but I'm not being a fool now. I will wager my soul this glass has a lethal dose of narcotic in it. What the hell are you talking about? It's the same pattern as in Major Palgrave's story. 
A wife in a depressed state tries to do away with herself, but her husband saves her in time. Then the second time she succeeds. The Major told me the story, and he was about to show me a snapshot when he looked up and saw... Over your right shoulder, mind. No. That is where I was wrong. He didn't see anything over my right shoulder. He couldn't have done. His left eye was a glass eye. Of course it was. I'd forgotten. And so... He must have been looking at someone to the left of me. And was there anyone to the left of you? Yes. Tim and his wife were not far off, doing their accounts at a table by a big hibiscus bush. What the Major saw was a man sitting by an hibiscus bush, and the face was the same, only older, as the face in the photograph. And Tim Kendall could easily have overheard the tale that the Major had been telling you. And he saw that Paul Grave had recognised him, so of course he had to kill him. You've both gone out of your minds. Later, he had to kill the girl Victoria, because she realised he was the one who'd put the tablets in the Major's room. She asked too many questions. But the murder we've just prevented was the real one. The murder he'd been planning all along. <laughs> he is a wife-killer, you see. Do you think anybody's going to believe any of this rubbish? Of course they won't, Tim. Esther. You could never kill anyone, my darling. I know you couldn't. It's Molly and her vicious lies. I love you and I'll never believe a word of what anyone says. For God's sake, you stupid bitch, shut your ugly mouth, can't you? Do you want to get me hanged? Poor silly creature. So that's what's been going on, is it? Oh, yes. They had formed what in my day was called a romantic attachment with the prospect of marriage in the future. You mean after Kendall's wife was dead? I don't think poor Esther knew that Molly was going to die. She believed the story Tim Kendall had told her about Molly having been in love with another man who had followed her out here. I think she counted on Tim getting a divorce. It was all quite proper and respectable. And she was very much in love with him. Well, that's easily understood. He was an attractive man, but what made him go for her? Oh, you know the answer to that, don't you? I dare say I've got a pretty fair idea. But you tell me, since you're being so clever. <laughs> you said that you had not left anything to Esther Walters in your will. But I think you have left her money. Though you weren't going to let her know that. Yes, it's quite right. But I don't know how you knew. Because you insisted so strongly you hadn't. Oh, all right. I give in. I've left Esther £50,000. I thought it would come as an, a nice surprise. And I suppose that was enough to make Candle decide to get rid of his wife and marry Esther's 50000 But how did he know she was going to get it? Jackson told him, of course. He'd read your will one day when he was snooping through your papers... They were very friendly, those two. Tim Kendall was always standing in drinks. It sounds all too plausible. What I don't understand is why Kendall didn't try to bump me off. I expect he wanted to be sure of Esther first. Besides, well, oh. I mean... <laughs> he realised he wouldn't have to wait long. He was quite right. And it would clearly be better for me to die a natural death. Deaths of millionaires are scrutinised rather carefully. He was a very clever man. He got Molly to believe that she was going mad. He left a book on mental disorders lying around so she was bound to pick it up and read it. And he gave her drugs which would induce dreams and hallucinations. 
I think Jackson suspected what was going on. That was why he was sneaking a look at Molly's face cream. He'd heard the old tales of witches rubbing themselves with ointments that had belladonna in them. Belladonna in face cream would have produced the same effect. Blackouts and hallucinations. No wonder Molly got frightened about herself. How did Kendall come to kill Lucky? Sheer chance. He had arranged with Molly that they were to meet that night at the creek. I imagine he told her some story about something there that would lead them to the murderer. She was so stupefied with the drugs he'd given her that she'd have believed anything. And he got there first and saw Lucky wearing a shawl like Molly's. He came up behind her, forced her down into the water and held her there. And he didn't even realise he'd killed the wrong woman. When he did find out, oh, he must have felt quite desperate. His only hope was to finish Molly off as quickly as possible. Then there was a good chance that everyone would believe she'd killed Lucky in a fit of mania and had taken her own life when she realised what she'd done. And it was then that you decided to play Nemesis, eh? (laughs) (laughs) If you knew what you looked like in your dressing gown with a fluffy scarf around your head standing there and saying you were Nemesis, (laughs) I'll never forget it. There was quite a little party to see me off at the airport, including the Prescotts. Do come and visit us, Miss Marble. There'll always be a welcome for you at Cuts with Green. Jackson took charge of my luggage and was most affable, while poor Esther Walters looked older and sadder. And Mr. Raphael was being quite unexpectedly nice to her. Well, goodbye, Miss Marple. Ave Caesar. Nos morituri. I'm afraid I don't know much Latin. But you understand that. It's what the Roman gladiators used to say when they stood before the emperor in the arena. We who are about to die salute you. Yes, Miss Marple. That's what it means. It has been a great pleasure to know you, Mr. Raphael. So, you're off to... uh... What did you say that funny place was? St. Mary Mead. Ah. I shall think of you sitting in your cosy cottage with your knitting. Back to the peaceful life, eh? Peaceful enough, Mr. Raphael. Until the next murder comes along. In the final part of Agatha Christie's A Caribbean Mystery, Miss Marple was played by June Whitfield. Mr. Raphael, George A. Cooper. Tim Kendall, David Thorpe. Molly Kendall, Alison Pettit. Esther Walters, Yvonne Edgel. Evelyn Hillingdon, Carolyn Jones. Edward Hillingdon, Christopher Wright. Lucky Dyson, Tracy Ann Oberman. Jackson, Andrew Wincott. Canon Prescott, David King. Dr. Graham, John Rowe. A Caribbean Mystery was dramatised for radio by Michael Bakewell and directed by Enid Williams.
This has been a Nostalgic Mystery Radio presentation. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to like and rate this podcast on your favorite app. Also, there's a Nostalgic Mystery Radio YouTube page for your perusal to subscribe to. You can contact me by emailing me at nostalgicmysteryradio at gmail.com. I hope you have a blessed day or evening. And again, thank you for listening.